Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. All right, we just got done doing a locker room talk uh, based on McDonald's removing all of their 840 restaurants from Russia that where Joe and I listed, if we were Russian citizen, things would be upset. American companies pulling out of Russia that might cause us to rethink what's going on with the war in Ukraine. And that led us to a real story here going on in the sports world that is it's a big deal. And it's something that I think the American government really needs to do because it could be a huge win for the Biden administration if they can get something done on it. And this, of course, is the arrest and detainment of Brittany Griner. Of course, uh, Brittany Griner is maybe, I mean, wouldn't you say, Joe, that she's probably the most well-known college women's basketball player ever from her time at Baylor? She's up there with like Diana Taurasi, but like Griner was just such, you know, a freak of nature with her height and athleticism. Right. I mean, I, I just remember her, you know, her her domination is something that I don't know, maybe when I was a kid, like Shamika Holdskull when she was with Tennessee had, you know, that kind of realm. But as my adulthood, I feel like she's been probably the most famous women's college basketball player. And of course, yeah. she's uh, gone on to have a great career in the WNBA as well. And, you know, what, what's happened, and it's kind of interesting because not only does it, you know, play into Russian, U.S. Uh, foreign affairs, it also plays into a little bit of, uh, you know, the inequities between male and female sports. The reason that Bernie Griner was even going to Russia when she was detained is because she was playing uh, Russian league basketball in the offseason. And the reason she did this, Joe, is because she got paid more to play women's professional basketball in Russia than she does in the U.S., which, I mean, in my mind, that's a huge indictment on the system we have right now when someone that's as huge of a star as Bernie Reiner has to go play basketball in Europe in order to make more money than she does here. No, that's a compelling point. And she's definitely the most dominating player I've probably seen, like, you know, in my lifetime for women's college sports, you know, like, um, just the success she had leading a Baylor to a national championship. And yeah, I mean, you know, if she were um, playing, you know, in male sports, she definitely wouldn't have to go overseas to get paid um, and to train. And so, yeah, that definitely speaks volumes to that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a story to monitor. You know, when you see a celebrity like that in the sports world who is involved in uh, what is going on with the tragedy of everything, it really, I think, makes it come more to life even to, to a lot of Americans. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I think that's something that can cast a light on what's going on to more people than maybe who already pay attention to what's going on in, in Ukraine and Russia. Because you think about it, the, the allegations of it is apparently that she supposedly had hashish oil uh, yeah. that they found on her when she was coming into the country. And that she's that they took her in February is what they say. It doesn't even give like a specific date. I mean, you have no idea. And they won't say where she is. You don't know how long she's been locked up. And I mean, to me, it just seems like it, I, I'm very suspicious of the nature of the charges of it to begin with. And I kind of feel like it may have been that somebody recognized who she was and they decided to maybe take a political prisoner. I don't know. This is true. I mean, it just seems like it's a big possibility. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. And like I said, it makes it more real because it's a fellow American. Um, you worry about her, you know, and uh, what she's going through. And you're right. Like, you just got to think that there's some questionable, you know, legal or lack thereof things going on. 
Right. And then one of the, the most, you know, things that really like makes it suspicious and, you know, really, really makes me worried for her is the fact that Russia has very strict uh, LBGTQ laws there. And it's, it's definitely not a place where um, you feel very safe if you're someone that, you know, lives an alternative lifestyle. And of course, she's well known for she's, she's married to a woman and it's not a great place for her to be with, you know, with that background. And I'm sure that may have played into it, too. So definitely something that, you know, uh, there, there's there's a lot of reasons why they need to bring her back. And I, I hope they do. And I hope they do it quickly because she's a great athlete and we don't want her to be caught up in something that really, you know, doesn't have anything to do with her. Right, right. Definitely want to get her home and you know, hopefully they'll be um, working hard to make that happen as soon as possible. We do. And I, I know her wife is is contacted Biden's administration and really tried to push it. And, and I hope that this is something that, you know, this could be something that you can make that's a small win that could, you know, lead to other things and what we have going on right now, which is a significant issue for this world. Right. No, absolutely. All right, Joe, and moving on to things that are way less significant than Brittany Griner and her safety and, you know, and jailing in Russia. Let's move on to something that's uh, a little bit lighter, and that's Russell Wilson finally getting out of Seattle. I'm sure there were times where Russell Wilson felt like he was in jail when he was just getting nailed all the time by defensive linemen that were getting through the, his, his porous offensive line with the Seattle Seahawks and how he was running for safety all the time, never was very comfortable in the pocket. So I'm sure he's very happy to finally be gone from there. Uh, you know, this was a little bit surprising, Joe, because I thought the Broncos were going to get Aaron Rodgers. It seems like I've been hearing about this for a couple of years, and you thought that that was going to be their big move. But then they went out and got Aaron uh, – they went out and got Russell Wilson and uh, two first-round draft picks in a row and then two second-round draft picks in a row. And then I think, you know, and that's that was the deal they got along with – didn't they also trade um, – I think they traded um, – Drew Locke. Drew Locke, uh, the the tight end from Missouri that I can't pronounce his name is like Uga Balaway or something like that. Yeah, they got. I think they got three uh, skill players, including Locke and the tight end, and they get that king's ransom of draft picks. You know, which is a lot more than uh, the Lions uh, got for Stafford from the Rams. I don't think the Lions got the two uh, second round picks. They just got the first round picks for Stafford. Yeah. Uh, that'd be that'd be a good pronunciation look up Joe that tight end's name like I mean I think his last name is much more difficult to say even than to his last name is yeah yeah and, and then there was another tight end his name I think is it Noah Fant or Noah Font yeah no, Noah Fant too I think he also yeah. was, was put in that trade um so I mean I think this is one that, that works out well for both parties obviously the Broncos have been so solid in defense the last few years but have just been so lacking at the quarterback position and they've actually upgraded their wide receiver talent. They have Jerry Judy now, um, and you know they got a they got a solid running back too. So this is a time where you bring in someone like Russell Wilson. I saw that the Broncos went from something like the 16th best like chances to win the Super Bowl all the way to number four. I think. I think now the only teams that have a better chance to win the Super Bowl are the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Packers. And so now the, the Broncos are all the way up to fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, they're hoping, you know, this works out for them. You know, we've seen the last two seasons, the team that won the Super Bowl, somebody that went out and signed or traded for, you know, an all-star quarterback with Brady and Stafford. And I think that 
If you're the Broncos, you definitely understand why they did this. If you're Russell Wilson, though, I'm a little bit um, – if I was him, I don't know if this would be my number one landing spot. And just because, you know, yeah, you might be a Super Bowl contender, but you're not even the favorite in your own division. You know, you got to deal with uh, the Chiefs. You got to deal with the Chargers. You got to deal with uh, the Raiders who made the playoffs this year. So there's a lot of obstacles there. Um, and I do think that it's definitely a huge sacrifice, Dan, to give up so much of your future, you know, with the not just the first round picks, but the second round picks. Like you're not going to have any type of uh, farm system for the conceivable future. And so you only got Wilson, I think, in one other player. So that is a hefty price to pay um, given the division that you're in. And so very interested to see how this goes. From the Seattle standpoint, though, to me, this is like as good of a package as you could have ever dreamed of for Russell Wilson. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the Seahawks, if you were going to get rid of Russell Wilson, they got a solid deal. Because you're right, it's not just the first-round draft picks. It's the second-round draft picks because you get a lot of yeah. great players in the second round. And a lot of times they end up being better than your first-round draft picks. And you pair that, and not only do you have these options ahead of you to get these players that you didn't have before, you also have so much trade capital when you want to move up and you see somebody that's all of a sudden that's there and you can't believe that he's there. You have stockpiles of draft picks that you can trade away yeah. through the Seahawks. So, I mean, they're I mean they're in a really good position right now based off that. And obviously, Drew Locke is a – he'd be a good backup for you. I mean, you can go out now and with, with what you have available, try and get another quarterback, try and get somebody in the draft, and you have a serviceable backup. So, I think that's a it, – it's a solid trade for him. And I definitely think that, you know, Pete Carroll was looking at this along with the GMs and said, you know, yes, Russell Wilson's top five quarterback in the league and we don't want to lose him. But if he's not happy here, and he's been very clear about that, then let's go ahead and build a team from the ground up. And I think they may ultimately come out on the better end of this deal. I think so. I think so. And it's also interesting to me that uh, Wilson will be the first quarterback ever to start for a team that he defeated in the Super Bowl with his you know, uh, championship against uh, the Broncos back in uh, 2013. And not only beating, just like, Killing. <laughs> that was one of the biggest beat downs I've ever seen in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that, that, that was such a substantial uh, beat down and a huge victory there for the Seahawks. And, you know, they never were the same team after that loss to the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 2014. And I think that that's a lot of the reasons why uh, Wilson wanted to finally leave is his frustration with them, you know, not building around him as much as he wanted to the last few years. Yeah, I mean, you know, they finally started getting a little bit of wide receiver talent. Of course, they brought in DK Metcalf. They had had Tyler Lockett for a while. But, you know, really between getting Tyler Lockett, who's a really good slot receiver, they never really went out and got the excellent big man until, you know, a couple of years ago when they got Metcalf. Yeah. And that's all well and good. There's been other, you know, programs that haven't had as good a wide receivers, but they never helped him out on the offensive line. I mean, he's been mm -hmm. so bad for what five years, like struggling with offensive linemen. And yeah, mm -hmm. he's mobile quarterbacks, he's able to get away from that stuff. That still puts a wear on you. And it's probably shortened his career a little bit. Yes. And they also found themselves squarely at fourth in the division the last couple of years, too. Like the other three teams were just a lot better than them. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I think this is a, it's a good move for him, too. But, you know, if I were him, I don't know that that would have been my first, like, landing place either. You know, right. to be honest, if I were Russell Wilson, 
I might have waited back a little bit and let the Packers uh, go ahead and trade Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos and maybe look at going to the Packers. Because one thing the Packers have not had issues with, their offensive line is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just haven't really had a whole lot outside of Devontae Adams. But, hey, suddenly Russell Wilson has Devontae Adams. He's got a pretty good running attack. Uh, that would be a suddenly you're in a Super Bowl contention kind of area, and that that's I think that would have been the way I would have played that if I've been Russell Wilson. I think so. Like if I'm him, I definitely want to stay in the NFC, just go to a different division. Like I don't want to be in the AFC really because not only is the AFC West so hard, but just the AFC in general has so many good young quarterbacks. But like the Packers would have been a good spot in the NFC. I also think the Buccaneers would have been a good fit for him as well. Yeah, I mean, talk about just go ahead and replacing Tom Brady after he went and won a Super Bowl, had another great playoff year right after that. Uh, it's a ready-made program right now, so that would have been a good one. Or, hey, you know what? You don't have a lot of weapons, but you have a great defense, and you do have a good offensive line. He could have gone to the Saints. Oh, the Saints, that was my number one option. I, I wanted uh, Russell Wilson more than anybody else. So that was the disappointing thing for me when I finally saw you know, that he was – going to the Broncos and any glimmer of that dream being a reality was, you know, thrown out the door. Well, Joe, you know, you and I have been Saints fans for a very long time. There's been one time in our entire history that we've gone out and gotten a real playmaker off the free agent market or there's someone that's looking to be traded uh, that was a quarterback and it was Drew Brees, and that's it. We never got anybody else. And he and that kind of like you know fell into our lap, you know, because the Dolphins didn't want him. Well, yeah, that was the way because Nick Saban didn't think his shoulder was gonna was gonna work right. Right. So nobody else wanted him. So yeah, that you can't you can't even give him unfortunately credit probably for that. Exactly. Right? They just got lucky on that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So yes, you know, I, yet again, like I don't expect that. I've seen things saying the Saints will get Matt Corral in the draft, but I'm not going to believe it till I see it because they never do anything in the draft. Or sometimes the free agent market, they'll do things I like, but when it comes to getting those big name players in the draft, I always assume they're not going to do it. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but the, the last article I saw saw some speculation about Jimmy Garoppolo to the uh, to the Saints. Oh man. Well, I will say that uh, that will make my wife happy. She thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo is quite good looking. <laughs> but that's the only, you know, the, the, the only benefit I can see on that. But mm-hmm. All yeah. right. But, you know, uh, speaking of uh, free agent moves in the quarterback department, uh, maybe not just uh, beautiful Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Saints, there also is Carson Wentz making another move. Uh, fresh off being traded from the 40 and fresh off being traded from the Eagles to the Colts. Uh, you know, it seemed like for most of the season, things were going pretty good for the Colts. Then all of a sudden they lost to the last two games, including Joe. And I think this was the real death knell for Carson Wentz and the Colts losing the last game of the season to an urban fire, urban Meyer fired Jaguars team. <laughs> and when they had a chance to go to the playoffs and all they had to do was beat the Jags, and they couldn't do it. And then, boom, Indianapolis goes from winning their division to not even making playoffs. And now Carson Wentz is going to the Washington Commanders. At least he's going to a team that has a name now. I mean, I guess at least you get to know that you're a part of a team that's a name team. You're not on the Washington football team. You're not playing soccer anymore. Uh, You're on the Washington Commanders. 
which, by the way, Joe, still kind of a lame name. Yeah, I, I was glad to see them finally pick a name, but no, that was not my first choice either. But yeah, I, I do think, though, that it's uh, potentially a pretty good landing spot for him. In fact, I was thinking uh, in the offseason early on that this is a kind of a sleeper good landing spot for a lot of quarterbacks that are on the market. Because when you go to Washington, you go, you know, you go to a division in the NFC East that is just so winnable every year. Like it's just anybody's division to win. And I think that you have a great defense if Chase Young can hopefully come back healthy and in Montez Sweat. And you have a good running game with Antonio Gibson. And I still think that Ron Rivera is an exceptional football coach. And so I, I do think this is not a bad place for uh, for Carson Wentz. That's true. Terry McLaurin's a solid wide receiver. So there, there's definitely some, some pieces there. And, you know, they won a terrible team last year with very subpar quarterback play from Taylor Haneke, who's a guy who, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of talent but tried really hard. You know, I mean, he's a guy that you wanted to root for, but you could see that probably didn't really have it and, and was a, was a stopgap. So you're right. I mean, I think that this is not a terrible landing spot for him. And in some ways, at least from a talent perspective on offense, you probably got a little bit more talent on offense with Washington than you did with the Colts. Now, you don't have the same level of running back. I, I'm not going to put Antonio Gibson at the same level as Jonathan Taylor. But I think on the wide receiver side of the things, you probably have better receivers with, I keep wanting to say the Redskins, the commanders than you do with uh, the Colts. Yeah, they're really, in my opinion, a good quarterback away from being a playoff team. Yeah, absolutely, especially since you think about the Eagles. They, they didn't make any progress under Jalen Hurts in their second year. The Cowboys, yeah. for some reason, held on to Mike McCarthy. I have no idea why. And they're still going to – they're you know, with having Mike McCarthy still there uh, and not elevating uh, their defensive coordinator to head coach – I think that they're still going to not fulfill expectations, and suddenly that is. That's a winnable division. Yeah, and the Cowboys are going to lose a reportedly Amari Cooper, too. Yeah, that's right. So definitely uh, high times for the Commanders. All right, Joe, when we come back, we're going to look into some college stories that we have. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Coach K's farewell. was not quite the farewell that he wanted, some might say it was a very sad farewell. And uh, with that being said, I hope you don't uh, feel too sad about the stories that we've said. You want to tune in to our next episode that we got when we talk some college hoops. And uh, definitely make sure and check out all of our old YouTube videos and then all of our episodes on Spotify. And then, of course, you can follow us on uh, Facebook and like our Twitter handle at DJ Sports Show. And as always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe.